0: You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now, here's today's message. Christ Walk Church, what's up, everybody? How's everybody doing today? Man, it is so, so glad, or so, so good to see you. I'm, I'm so glad to see you, maybe I should say. It's awesome to be in the house this morning for Vision Sunday. I am pumped about today's message and what I get to share with you. But before we jump into that, first, I just want to say thank you on behalf of all of our support staff um, for the way that you all showed them love and appreciation last Sunday. Um, it is a beautiful thing as the pastor of a church, to see the people of the church live out our, um, our values, especially that of generosity being our identity. And so for all of the hugs and the high fives and the encouraging notes and the gift cards and the cash and the other gifts, the baked goods, etc., etc., I, I just want to say thank you. Um, our team was just overwhelmed with the way that you showed them love and appreciation. And, and for the handful of you who um, felt the need to include me in all of that as well, please know that it was unnecessary and unexpected, but it was appreciated nonetheless. And so I'm feeling the love as well. And I, I believe that I, I speak on behalf of our entire staff here when I say it is an absolute honor to be a part of the staff here. It is an absolute honor that God would choose us to serve alongside you, to serve this house and and to serve this community. So um, I just wanna thank you and I wanna honor you this morning. And so would you just give yourselves a hand um, for everything? Come on, you can do better than that. You deserve it. It's okay. I'm telling you to do it. So you're not choosing to do it yourself. Um, So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Uh, today's gonna be awesome. At least I, th- I think it's gonna be awesome. I'm excited about um, everything that's gonna take place um, from this point forward. It's already been an incredible day. Worship was was awesome, and um, I'm excited about sharing what God has placed on my heart. Uh, for um, for the vision for for this year and for the for the coming future of our church and looking forward to um, our worship night tonight and getting to just celebrate all that God is doing in and through this place. So if you got your Bible or you got a smart device, I want to invite you to turn with me or swipe with me to uh, the Old Testament. We're going to be in the book of Second Kings. We're going to land in chapter four, and we're going to be there in just a minute. Um, so, 2 Kings, chapter four. you Turn there, swipe there. Um, keep your finger there, and we'll we'll get there in just a moment. It is. Um, I was. I was as I was preparing for for Vision Sunday. It's it's a little bit hard to believe, uh, but in in three short months from now, I will begin my fifth year as the lead pastor of Christ Walk Church. Yeah. Uh, four years down, thirty one to go. I'll start my fifth year. Some of you didn't think I was going to make it four days or four months. I will have made it four years, um, and we got a lot more left to do. And since I've stepped into this role, and and for the past couple years particularly, um, both leading up to last year's 80th birthday celebration um, with our rebrand and then continuing up to now, I've spent a lot of time praying and thinking and processing what God has in store, what he wants for our church over the next 80 years. And, and should the Lord choose to tarry that long, um, most of us, if, if not all of us here today, likely won't be around um, in 80 years. I'm not trying to be morbid and like bring the thing. I mean, it's just, it's the truth of it, you know, uh, But but, How we choose to live today and the decisions that we make as the people of God and as the people of Christ Walk Church, it's it's going to determine that should the Lord choose to wait that long to return, it's going to determine whether or not this place still exists In 80 years and and not only that but should this church remain for another 80 years how we choose to operate today is going to determine how the people of this community view our church for years and even decades to come and and the truth is it doesn't really matter how we view ourselves and and what we believe that we are as a church We can recite our mission statement and quote our core values until the cows come home, but that's never going to be who we truly are unless the people of our community see us that way. Scott Cook, who is the co-founder of Intuit and the director of both Procter & Gamble and eBay, he put it like this. He said, a brand is no longer what it tells consumers it is. It is what consumers tell each other it is. And so if, if I could modify that this morning to, to fit what we've got going on here, to, to fit our, our specific situation uh, for Christ Walk, it would be something like this. Christ Walk is, is not what it tells the community that it is. Christ Walk Church is what the members of the community tell each other that it is. Which begs the question, what do we want to be known for? When, when someone hears the name Christ Walk Church, what is it that we want them to think about in that moment? And see, as you and I, as we commit to living out the, the values, um, the, the core values that we have of, of Jesus is our message and people are our mission, honors are calling, authenticity is our lifestyle, generosity is our identity, is our identity servanthood is our posture, Excellence is our pursuit. God's heart is our passion. As we we live those out so that we can fulfill the mission that we believe God has called us to, to inspire people to follow Jesus every day, as as we do that together and and we become a body that is on mission, living in this community on mission, what I hope would rise to the top and be readily evident is that we would become known in this community as a church that is rooted in the truth of God's word that is led by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that is for the people of our community, rooted in the truth of god 's word, led by the power of the holy Spirit and and for the people of our community and and really like that 's it like that's that 's the vision right there um, that that 's what what I hope would 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 be true about our church and and the the fact is, is that we're we're just not there yet. Like we're on our way, we're moving in that direction, but, but that that's not where we're that's not where we are right now, but, but that is where we're headed. And, and and here's the deal: we're we're not just gonna snap our fingers and all of a sudden arrive at that destination where we are a church that is known. In that way, it's a process that's going to take place over time as we purposefully and intentionally live out the mission and the values of this house consistently, even in the smallest, most mundane, seemingly insignificant ways, day after day after day after day. And so ultimately, that's what today's message is really all about. It's it's not the be-all, end-all But it's how you and I can begin to take yet another step toward who and what God is calling us and our church to be. It was around this time last year in some of my my praying and and my journaling time and and just spending time with the Lord that that God whispered a couple words in my ear. And, And at that moment, I had no idea what they meant. And to be quite honest, I'm still trying to figure a lot of it out. I'm still trying to, to listen and hear from the Lord. But when, when those two words were whispered to me by the Lord, I wrote them down on a marker board that is on the back of my door in my office. And so for about a calendar year now, almost every day, I've looked at those words multiple times, many times over. And, and those two words are this, expand expand and extend. Expand and extend. And, and to expand means to enlarge or to develop. And to extend means to reach. And here's what I know about expanding and extending. Both of them require making room. And so for the next few minutes this morning, I want to talk to you about what it looks like to make room for a miracle, to make room for a miracle. Second Kings chapter four, starting in verse eight, we're gonna read all the way to verse 37. I realize that's a long passage. So just hang with me because I'm gonna read it in its entirety. Second Kings chapter four, verses eight through 37. One day, Elisha went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. And she said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. And then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. So one day, Elisha returned to Shunem, and he went up to this upper room to rest. And he said to his servant Gehazi, tell the woman woman from Shunem that I want to speak to her. And when she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied, my family takes good care of me. Verse 14. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? And Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elisha told him. And when the woman returned, Elisha said to her, she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said. And one day when her child was older, he went out to help his father who was working in the field with the harvesters. And suddenly he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home and his mother held him on her lap. But around noontime, he died. She carried him up and she laid him on the bed of the man of God. And then she shut the door and she left him there. Verse 22, she sent a message to her husband, send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why go today, he asked. It's neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath, but she said, it will be all right. So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. And as she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elisha saw her in the distance and he said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunem is coming, run out to meet her and ask her, is everything all right with you, your husband and your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is fine. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away. but The man of God said, leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. And then she said, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up. Verse 29, then Elisha said to Gehazi, get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. But the boy's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elisha returned with her and Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid the staff on the child's face, but nothing happened. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elisha and told him, the child is still dead. When Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. And then he lay down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. And as he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm again. Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then stretched himself out again on the child. And this time the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Then Elisha summoned Gehazi, call the child's mother, he said. And when she came in, Elisha said, here, take your son. She fell at his feet and bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. Now, As I read this passage, I see a common thread that runs through the entire length of it. And it's this act of stretching. This act of stretching. If, if, if you and I, if we're going to make room for a miracle, it's going to require us to stretch. It's going to require us to stretch. And, and to stretch means to lengthen, to widen, to distend, or enlarge by tension. To strengthen, or to, to lengthen, widen, distend, or enlarge by tension. So uh, allow me to to hopefully explain a little bit. All of the muscles of the human body are surrounded by a layer of tough connective tissue known as fascia. And and the fascia is what helps to, to hold our musculature in place. But due to its tenacity, it tends to be a bit restrictive. And during exercise... Whenever we lift weights or or we engage in some sort of physical activity, what happens is the the fibers of our muscles begin to break down and small little tears appear in in the muscles and and allow them to to pump up or to become filled with blood. And, And this causes them to push on that tough layer of connective tissue known as the fascia. And it's why our muscles get tight whenever we exercise. And any good gym teacher or or PE teacher or coach or whatever told you that anytime you exercise, it's important that you do what? Afterwards, you stretch. And so when we stretch those muscles after exercising, it causes the fascia to expand, which in turn allows for greater blood flow and more nutrients to be delivered to the muscle that it needs to strengthen and recover. And as we do this on an ongoing basis, little by little, bit by bit, over time, the fascia breaks down and expands, allowing the muscle to expand and to get bigger and stronger. It's a lot like if we tried to stuff a king-sized pillow into a standard size pillowcase. At first, you'd only get so far. But if that pillowcase, if it was able to stretch, if it was able to open up just a little bit, bit by bit, and you continued to work at it, then before long, you'd be able to fit that bigger pillow into the smaller pillowcase. But, but here's the part of the definition of stretch that you and I don't really care for. It's that, that last word, it's tension, tension. See, we're, we're fine with, with lengthening, we're fine with widening, we're fine with enlarging, but, but no one likes the tension that comes along with stretching. But what I've come to discover is that tension is absolutely necessary For growth. Tension is necessary for growth. Consider this rubber band that I have here. Some of you may have noticed that you had a rubber band like this um, in your seat or in a seat near you when you came in today. Uh, If left alone, this rubber band is only able to encompass the size that it is. Like this is as big as it's ever going to be. But when tension is applied, it begins to stretch and move and morph and it's capable of of encompassing even more. And so when you and I when we're willing to when we're willing to embrace the tension and we're when we're willing to allow ourselves to be stretched what happens is it creates greater room for God to do a miracle in our life and in our church. And so I I want to talk about three ways this morning that you and I that we need to embrace the tension to make room for a miracle. Three ways that we need to embrace the tension to make room for a miracle. And the first one of those ways is by building. By building. In verse 10 of our passage, the woman said, let's build a small room for Elisha, for the prophet on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair and a lamp. And then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. In, in 2018, Sarah and I built a house. Well, technically, we didn't build the house. We, we paid for someone else to build. Well, technically, we didn't pay to build the house. The bank paid for other, you get where I'm going with this. We built a house. And even though we weren't the actual ones who were pouring the concrete and nailing the boards and, and painting the walls, make no mistake about it, There was tension, can I get a witness from anyone who's ever built anything? (laughs) Following the plans, making sure that everything was done correctly, that it was on time, that the deadlines were met, that we secured the financing, that we submitted all the paperwork and and we submitted all the paperwork and we submitted all the paperwork. (laughs) And then finally going and signing on the dotted line over and over and over until three pens ran out of ink. And a modern miracle took place in mere months. We watched all the pieces align to turn a blank piece of earth into a structure complete with electricity and running water and indoor plumbing where none of that existed before. It was a miracle, but it wasn't something that happened instantly. There was a process involved. It it took vision to take something that was good and to figure out a way to make it even better and for a group of people to all come together and go through the process to see to it that it happened. This goes back to what I talked about in the definition of expanding, that it means to develop. We were able to take a plot of land and somehow develop it into something that added value and benefit to our family. We we made room, and our need for a place to live was met. That's what the Shunammite woman did. She saw this need of this prophet, and she had the vision that if she and her husband would build, that it had the potential to add value and benefit to this man's life and also to the life of his servant, Gehazi. And so they made a room and, and Elisha's need for a place to stop over on his travels and have a place to rest and, 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 and eat a, a, a warm meal, those needs were met. She took something that was good. She simply developed it to make it into something better. She made room. And no doubt this caused her to stretch. She had to convince her husband that this is something that they needed to do. She had to cover the cost of having it done. They had to draw up the plans. They had to hire the workers. They had to embrace the changes of now welcoming an outsider into their home on a regular basis. You and I were gathered here today because once upon a time, someone had a similar similar vision. They saw the need for a spirit-filled, life-giving church in Fernandina Beach And so they stretched and they made room. Plans were drawn and funds were raised and concrete was poured and brick was laid. And decades later, here we are. But the building that you and I are in this morning is not exactly the building that was built all those years ago. See, over time, there was fresh vision which corresponded with the changing needs of the church and the community. And at various points throughout its history, walls were added or removed. Paint colors and carpeting was changed. Things were reconfigured, developed. They were expanded. And each time the people of this house, they embraced the tension. They stretched. They made room for what God was wanting to do, to allow him to do something new. The things that got us here to where we are right now are not necessarily going to be the things that are going to get us there to where we're headed. So it's time for us to consider building, expanding, and developing this place once again, to take what is good and to make it even better so that we can meet the ever-changing needs of the people in our community. You know, two of the things that we take very seriously Here at Christ Walk is our commitment to being a friendly, welcoming church. And then also our commitment to providing quality ministry to the next generation and their families. I think that at current, we're doing both of those things really well. But what if there was a way that we could do them even better? I I, I believe that we can become the most welcoming friendly, helpful church in this area. And I believe that that our church and and our, our next gen and family ministry, that it can be the flagship for that type of ministry in our county. What if instead of welcoming all of our guests and newcomers and people at a tent that we put up outside, what if we had a dedicated space for something like that? What if we had a space that was better dedicated and more fully equipped to provide age-appropriate ministry and care to the next generation, including those with special needs that operated not only on Sundays and Wednesdays, but even at other times throughout the week in order to meet the growing need that families in our community have? What if we had a space that was specifically tailored to our middle school And high school youth group, which is growing by leaps and bounds and and busting at the seams and has actually gotten too large to meet over in the kids space that they were meeting on Wednesday nights. And so they've had to infiltrate the auditorium and find other corners and nooks and crannies and places to go so that they can uh, hold their youth group on Wednesday nights. So we've started to ask some questions around here. We started to look into how we can reconfigure our current buildings or maybe even add to them in order to help meet the need that we have. Which brings the question, why Why should we build? Why should we build something in this moment? Well, because we wanna create greater opportunities for people to know God, find community, discover purpose and make a difference. We want to build because of the teenager who's looking for a place to simply belong and to experience love and acceptance. We want to build because of the child who needs to know that there's a God in heaven who desires a relationship with them. And he has a plan for their life and a purpose for them to live out. We want to build because of the parents who are looking for someone to partner with them and add value to their lives by equipping them with the necessary tools that they need to have a healthy marriage and to parent effectively and have a thriving home life. We need to build because we're four families and we wanna to help to meet their needs. So that's an area that we need to lean into the tension and create some room for God to do a miracle. The second one of those areas is Not just building, but it's also birthing. Not just building something new, but birthing something new. In verse 14 of our passage and following, it says, Later Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Speaking of this Shunammite woman. Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elisha told him. And when the woman returned, Elisha said to her, as she stood in the doorway, Next year at this time, you'll be holding a son in your arms. No, my lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said. I'll never forget the day that Sarah showed me a positive pregnancy test, signifying that Luke was on his way. But I came to discover that Luke didn't show up the next day It was several months. We had time to prepare. We had time to, to get things ready. And so we, we had one of the bedrooms in our home and, and we set it aside and we, we declared, we, we consecrated it as the nursery. and We got all this tiny little furniture and all these tiny little clothes and all these tiny little toys and all these massive boxes of diapers we loaded that thing up so that when Luke made his grand entrance, we were prepared. We were prepared to receive the miracle that God had blessed us with. And we did our best to embrace the tension that comes along with welcoming a child into the world. Increased financial costs, the changing of schedule, the nighttime feedings and diaper changes, no longer just being able to get up and walk out the door at a moment's notice, but having to pack up half the house to take with us whenever we were just gonna go down the street. Elisha told this Unamite woman, this time next year, you're gonna have a son. See, she had time to prepare, but it, it required some things of her. It, it required union. With her husband. And, and I think it's important to note that that if if this place, if we're going to be a part of birthing something new, it's going to require unity within this body. When, when a woman is pregnant, her, her internal organs get rearranged and shifted so that she has room to carry the child in her womb. And and birthing something new is it's going to require us to, to make room within our body to welcome new people into the fold. And along the way, there's no doubt going to be some tension and some discomfort. There's gonna be some stretch marks that are created. When, when a baby comes in, into your life, you, you don't just, when, when he, a baby is born into your family, you don't just like bring it in and like stick it over in the corner. It, it, needs, it needs a space. It, it, needs, it needs a nursery. It, there, there are supplies that are needed. It's, it, it's, it's got some specific and some unique things going on that have to be addressed that previously, before the baby showed up, they, they weren't there. Birthing something new is going to require us to create new spaces and, and opportunities to, to meet the specific and unique needs of, of other people in our community. And I have talked to you about this before. Like we, we lived in, Sarah and I, we lived in um, Duval County for uh, almost 10 years and we loved our time there. It was an incredible opportunity, and the Lord did some amazing things in our marriage and our ministry. And um, but the the whole time that we lived there, we we really we just had a heart for for Nassau County, and um, we even tried to still working where we were working. We tried to move up here a couple times, and um, but it, it it just the timing wasn't right. And how incredible it was that that things came full circle to where we got to come back to where we began our ministry together, where we began our marriage together, where our kids, um, you know, near where our kids were born here on the first coast and to be in the place where we had a heart for, that we'd longed to be for so long that God would call us back specifically to this county. And I love living here. I'm excited about the things that are taking place here. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the continued growth that our county is, is experiencing. Many of you are, are new faces, not just to Christ Walk Church, but you're new faces to this area. And it's been so exciting to, to, to meet you and, and to um, hear about why you chose to, to come here. And this is an incredible place to live. And looking at demographic studies and, 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 and gr- the growth picture and everything, last year, our county grew by an astronomical 4.92%. That's almost 5%. For counties with 80,000 people or more in them, Nassau County is the second fastest growing county in our state. And it's among the fastest growing counties in the entire United States of America. It's estimated that by 2030, the population of our county is going to increase by around 36% which will result in nearly 122,000 people calling Nassau County home. And I'm believing that on the current trend that we're seeing, that we're probably going to eclipse that. We've already seen the trends of this as new neighborhoods and subdivisions and businesses and restaurants continue to pop up on every corner, particularly to the west off of Amelia Island. We felt the tension of those growing pains as we've endured roadwork and construction and set in traffic and typed angrily on Facebook in our rants and raves groups. (laughs) Statistics show that approximately 70% of people that attend church are only willing to drive a maximum of 15 minutes to their place of worship, with nearly a third of that total only being willing to drive five minutes or less. And so it doesn't take you know, any genius to figure out that driving 10 to 15 minutes west of here hardly lands us in the epicenter of all the new and future expected growth that is coming to our county. And so for that reason, I believe the Lord is asking us to seriously consider what it looks like to birth a new work in a different part of our county. That's some heavy stuff for me to just lay on you this morning. Let me answer a few questions that you might have. Where would we do this? I have no idea. What would it look like? I have no idea. Maybe it's a church plant. Maybe it's a satellite. Maybe it's a microsite. Maybe it's a network of house churches. I I don't know. When would it be? I have no idea. As of today, there's no specific timeline, but we're looking and listening for the right opportunity. And please hear me when I say, no, we are not planning to leave Amelia Island, okay? Like, let's get that, don't hear what I'm not saying. This is not an, an either or, it's it's a both and. And the question is, well, Why? Why would we do this? Like, isn't this place good enough? Why would we seek to birth something new? Because of the thousands of new homes that are going to be full of people in our community that need to hear the message of the gospel and belong to a local church. And because it's going to take more than just one church to reach All of those people. And because there are already people in other parts of our county that despite being super open and and desiring the things that Christ Walk Church has to offer them and their families, they simply won't make the drive to us because we are too far. And so if they won't come to us, we've got to go to them. Why? Because we're for the lost. Because we're for the people of our community. And because we want to see God make a difference in their lives, we want to see them living lives that are sold out and surrendered to him. That's why. If they won't come to us, we can't just sit back on our laurels and shake our fists in the air and get mad. Instead, we've got to go to them and meet them where they are so that we can take this life-changing message. We can encourage and challenge them to live for something more so that that they can see that because of Jesus, the best is yet to come and we can meet them where they're at. That's why. So we've got to lean in to this area of building. We've got to lean in to the tension of this area of, of birthing. And then number three, we've got to lean in to this area of bringing the dead back to life. Bringing the dead back to life. Verse 34 of our passage in 2 Kings says, Then he lay down, talking of Elisha, he lay down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. And as he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm again. And Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then he stretched himself out again on the child. And this time the boy sneezed seven times and opened his there are dead parts of our community that need to be resurrected. There, there are marriages in our community that are dead and they are dying and it's up to us to help reverse the trend of divorce that is growing ever increasing, increasingly in our community and in our culture. And if, if we can solidify and strengthen our marriages No doubt we can solidify and strengthen the fabric of our community. We've we've got to recognize that there there are family relationships and, and, and dynamics that are dead and dying in our community. And so we have to be an agent that assists in prodigals returning home and in brokenness and dysfunction of the household being transformed into wholeness and health. We've got to come to the place where we recognize and understand that there are are people all around us that are struggling under the onslaught of death and grief and addiction and debt and hurt and depression and bitterness and loneliness and on and on and on. And we have to be the source that points them in the direction of the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. We've got, to, we, we've got to, to, to point them in the direction of that hope so that the people around us can experience victory and can, can walk in freedom as an overcomer because of what Christ has done on their behalf. And it's up to us to do that. It's up to us to, to, to be the people that, that, that we, we roll up our sleeves and, and we, we get into the thick of things and, and where it's dirty and it's messy and it's uncomfortable. And in those places, there is tension because it means that, that we're gonna have to, to do some things that maybe we don't really like doing. Maybe it's, it's not what we wake up in the morning and think, Woohoo! I get to do this today. We might have to scoot over from the seat we normally sit in to make some room for someone else. We might have to engage in a personal relationship with people who, who look different than us or view the world and view the culture and view politics and, and view religion in the Bible a little bit differently than we do. And that's going to create some tension. Ministry like this can be messy, can be dirty, it can be uncomfortable. But our passage tells us that Elisha's staff, it wasn't enough to bring about the miracle. He said to Gehazi, he said, take my staff, run ahead of me and lay it on the boy in the hopes that he would come back to life. It was Elisha's staff. It, it represented who he was as a prophet. It was what he would use in his journey to be sure that, that he had a strong foothold and that he didn't fall, that he didn't falter. It was, it was what he leaned on in times of weakness. It was his comfortability. His identity was wrapped up in that staff, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. We cannot rely solely on the things that we've leaned on up to this point because to reach these people, it doesn't mean that we stop doing what we're doing, but we're also going to have to do new things and embrace new approaches. And so the, the prophet, he did something in, in, in Truly, as as we read this passage, like this is it's strange. We see it as strange. The, the way the Holy Spirit isn't strange, we're we're the weird people. Holy Spirit's not weird, we're weird, but, but because we're weird, we see this as weird. He stretches himself out on this kid. And he aligns his his mouth with the kid's mouth, and his eyes with the child's eyes, and his hands with the child's hands. So what's required of us is is alignment. We're gonna have to seek alignment with the way that we speak, with our language, with our words. You and I together over the coming year and and, and years, we're gonna have to seek alignment in the way that we see in our vision and how we view the people of our community. We're gonna have to seek alignment in the way that we behave, in our actions, the way that we conduct our day-to-day business. And I'm going to be preaching about these three things over the next three weeks in a series called Stretch. I'd love for you to be here and be a part of that. So to sum up, I, I believe that this is what the Lord's calling us to. And, and this is a, this is one of those BHAG kind of things, a big, hairy, audacious goal. It's scary. It's... <laughs> It's scary to stand up here and talk about stuff like this sometimes. It's scary to be vulnerable. Scary to put yourself out there. But, but real vision is something that's bigger than us. It's something that we can't accomplish on our own. And, and so I, I believe with, with as much conviction and courage as I can muster right now that the Lord is calling us to build He's calling us to expand. He's calling us to develop this place to meet the ever-growing and changing needs of our community. He's calling us to, to birth, to extend into new places of our community that have been previously untapped by Christwalk Walk Church. And if we'll, if, we will, if we'll build, if we'll expand, if we'll, if we'll birth and we'll, we'll extend, then that's going to open up room so that God can bring what is dead back to life. We're we're not the ones that do that, by the way, but we create the space, we make the room for it to happen. the, The possibility of this moving from just vision and speculation into reality and coming to fruition, it begins right here in this room today with our willingness to stretch our willingness to stretch what if your willingness to stretch is what made room for someone else to receive their miracle someone who they're not even here today they don't even know this place exists what if your willingness to stretch paved the way for them to be able to receive their miracle it's going to require us to embrace the tension On the other side of that tension is the capacity for growth and the opportunity for a larger impact. But you need to hear me when I say the devil, he's not just going to roll over and allow this to happen. There's going to be tension, guaranteed. It's going to be difficult. You can take that to the bank. Sacrifice will be required. There is no doubt about it. And pain will be involved. That is 100% certain. Promise of what lies on the other side of the tension and the difficulty and the sacrifice and the pain is so much greater than even what you and I are experiencing at current. And this is what makes it all worth it. This is what it means to live for something more. So what does it look like? What does it look like? Everybody grab your rubber band, hold it in your hand. We'm we'll talk about what stretching looks like. As we do, I want you to just invite the Holy Spirit to whisper into your ear, the area that you need to stretch. And then I want you to take that rubber band and maybe put it on your wrist or stick it on the gear shift in your car, or a place that you would see it regularly and over the coming days and weeks and months over the course of this year I I, I want you to pray that the Lord would help you to stretch give you what you need to be able to stretch so that you can make room for a miracle maybe for someone in this room for someone watching with us online today maybe it's simply saying yes to Jesus maybe for somebody it's finding biblical community by committing to do life together with others in a life group. Maybe it's discovering your God-given purpose and design by learning your next steps here at Christ Walk Church by going through Discover Track. Maybe it's giving, supporting the ministries of this church financially. Maybe it's it's time for somebody to take the ninety-day tithe challenge, or. Maybe it's time for someone to step out in faith and practice extravagant generosity by partnering with us and becoming a kingdom builder. Perhaps it's joining a serve team to use your gifts and your personality to help advance the mission and vision of our church. Maybe it's starting a new life group or launching a new ministry that's going to help to meet the specific needs of others in our community. Maybe it's being an inviter or a bringer friend that neighbor coworker, that family member that you've been thinking of that you've been praying for could it be that maybe the reason they're not here is simply because you haven't asked them to come with you maybe it's just starts with taking the focus off of me and putting it on others or as a whole body taking the focus out of what's inside taking the focus off of what's inside and putting it on what's outside. See, stretching is, it's arriving at the realization that simply taking up space isn't going to make more room. It's putting ourselves in in the best possible position for God to work in our lives and, and to move in our church and our community. See, we can't expect for God to do a miracle. If we aren't first willing to make the room. And building and birthing and extending and expanding. It's not going to happen overnight. There's a process that's involved. It's full of requirements. Got to pray. Leading up to 2022. And then especially in January. As we start in the new year. We're going to do. Uh, set aside a season of 30 days of prayer and fasting. We're going to be focused and intentional to seek the Lord on what He has in store for us and and what He would have us to do to expand and to extend, to build and to birth. It's going to require patience. Some of you are excited and you want this to happen yesterday. Not going to do it. It's going to require patience as we walk through the process. It's going to take people It's going to take more people than we have in this room or watching online right now. It's got to be more people that come and and join this and link arms with us in the vision to see it carried out to fruition. It's going to take partnerships, not just those people showing up, but, but them partnering with us and buying into the mission and the vision and the values of the house. For there to be unity among this body. For people to be moved from, from being just a spectator into a participator. And there's gonna be a price tag. There's a financial cost in all of this. But the oil is in the house. And I believe, not just because it's what the Bible says, but it's because I've it's it's what I've witnessed so many different ways all my life is that wherever God guides, He also provides. Everything that we need to make this happen, God is assembling, and we get to be a part of it if we so choose. The big idea for today is simply this if we will make the room, the Lord will bring the miracle. If we will make the room, the Lord will bring the miracle. Where the areas that we're willing to stretch. The areas that God will bring the growth. As we close out this message today, I just want you to imagine with me what if together you and I, what if we chose to live this way? What if we chose to make room for a miracle? What if we chose to, in whatever area we hear or areas, perhaps it's multiples of those areas. We hear the Holy Spirit telling us that we need to stretch. What what if we did? A year from now, what would this church look like? What would your life look like? What would our community look like? Three years from now, ten years from now, what could we do if we chose to live this way? Which of your loved ones during that time might say yes to Jesus? Which of your neighbors might come to experience freedom? Who in your family might discover their God-given purpose? In what ways could we be making a bigger difference in our community for the kingdom of God if we chose to live that way? So the question remains, will you embrace the tension with me? Cause I'm in, I am in like Flynn. I don't even know what that means, but I'm, I'm, that's me. Will you embrace the tension with me? And will you choose to make room for a miracle? Perhaps you're here today and the very first step that you need to take is to enter into a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior. If that's you, you're here in this room. You feel the Holy Spirit drawing you to your heavenly father. Maybe you're watching with us online. There's something that we've talked about today that you said, yeah, I want to be a part of that. Your first step is to get in your heart right with the Lord. To surrender your life to Jesus Christ. If you're here today watching with us online and you'd like to do that, I want to invite you to pray this simple prayer with me. Can we pray together? Heavenly father, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I'm lost without you. I believe that Jesus died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. And today I choose to follow Jesus and his way for the rest of my life. Amen. 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 We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.